Welcome to the Faith to You podcast. I'm Pastor Caleb Schrader, and today we're going to be talking about some of the distinctives of the New Covenant Church. Have you ever thought about what sets us apart as a New Covenant community? What, what are some of the things that we have um, that weren't experienced under the Old Covenant? Uh, one of the primary things that sets us apart is that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Every single believer, every single New Covenant believer has a personal relationship with God through the Holy Spirit who comes and dwells on us continually from the very first day that we are saved. Now, it wasn't experienced like that um, underneath the Old Covenant. Now, I want to read a story to sort of show you what that was like in the Old Covenant and to help you appreciate what we have in the New Covenant. So in Numbers chapter 11, um, the children of Israel are complaining. They're complaining to Moses, and Moses sort of reaches a breaking point. And it's interesting to think about. I think oftentimes you see Moses, you know, as this supernatural being empowered by God to lead the children of Israel. And while he's empowered by God to lead the children of Israel, he has his limitations, and he reaches that limit in Numbers chapter 11. It says in verse 14, he's praying to God, and he says this, I can't carry all these people by myself. They are too much for me. Moses gets to the end of himself. He gets to the point where he can't carry these people. Now, I want you to understand this. At this point in the covenant community, Moses is the one who's indwelt by the Holy Spirit to be their leader. Um, but he has these thousands upon thousands of people that he's ministering to, and he can't take the load of all of their complaints. And you might remember um, earlier his, his father-in-law Jethro came to him and saw him judging the people all day long. And he said, Moses, you're, you're going to kill yourself doing this. You need to appoint leaders. But we see in Numbers 11, Moses is still struggling. He needs something more. And so God's response to him is in verse 16. It says, The Lord answered Moses, Bring me 70 men from Israel, known to you as elders and officers of the people. Take them to the tent of meeting and have them stand there with you. And I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take some of the spirit who is on you and put the spirit on them. They will help you bear the burden of the people so that you do not have to bear it by yourself. You know, God tells Moses, my solution is to put the Holy Spirit on more people. I'm going to place the Spirit on more people so you don't have to bear this burden on your own. One of the realities that I want us to understand in this modern age is that God never wants churches or ministries to be personality driven. He didn't even want the children of Israel to be personality driven by a charismatic leader by Moses. Now, it's interesting to use the word charismatic to describe Moses because he wasn't very charismatic. As a matter of fact, he's described as the most humble man alive. And when he saw he needed help, he went to God. And what did God do? God empowered men to help him. Now, what happens, it's interesting how God puts his spirit upon these 70. It says this in verse 24. Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He brought 70 men from the elders of the people and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord descended in the cloud and spoke to him. He took some of the spirit that was on Moses and placed the spirit on the 70 elders. As the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but they never did it again. Two men who had remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other Medad, the spirit rested on them. They were among those listed, but they had not gone out to the tent, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and reported to Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. 
Joshua, son of Nun, assistant to Moses since his youth, responded, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses asked him, Are you jealous on my account? If only all the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. I want you to see Moses' heart. Moses is sort of correcting Joshua. Now, Joshua has a zeal. He has a zeal for Moses. He's there to support Moses. He's there to help Moses out. Um, But his zeal is misplaced. You see, Moses needs help. And, And Moses realizes that delegating responsibility for the spiritual leadership of the children of Israel is God's design for leadership. And it's not just that, but it's also that Moses doesn't just want the 70 to have the Holy Spirit. Do you see what he says? He says, let me read again. Um, If only the Lord's people were prophets and the Lord would place his spirit on them. Moses says the ideal would be that God would place his spirit on all of his people. Do you see what's happening here? Moses is longing for the new covenant community. He's looking forward to what God is going to do in the future. In Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about this hall of faith, all of these saints of old. And what it says, those saints in the Old Testament, they looked forward to what we get to experience today. Let me read this from Hebrews eleven thirty-nine. 39. It says, all these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. You see, Moses is looking forward to the day when God is going to put his spirit upon everyone who fears the Lord. All of the believers are one day going to have the spirit. And Moses is looking forward to that day. Now, why is that? Why is it that Moses wants everyone to have the spirit? Part of it is because he recognizes the blessing of being in a personal relationship with the Lord. The Lord talks to Moses as to a friend face to face. And Moses wants to share that. He doesn't want that just for himself. He wants other people to have that personal relationship. The other thing, though, that he wants is he wants people to be spiritually equipped. He he doesn't want them to always need another person. He doesn't want them to always need to come to him. He wants them to be equipped with the Spirit to understand God's direction and have the power to obey. Well, I have news for you today. We have that. As a new covenant community, we have the Spirit of God empowering us to do the will of God in our lives. We have the Spirit of God guiding us to understand the will of God in our lives. Why? Because God has poured out his Spirit upon the saints. This is is why it says in Acts 2, 33, therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. Um, Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, and he lets the people know this is a fulfillment of the prophet prophecy we see in Joel, that God's going to pour out his spirit. That's what happens in the new covenant community, is that we all have the spirit. And what that means is that we're all uniquely gifted by the Spirit. I I want you to understand why that's so important in the context of Numbers chapter 11. In Numbers chapter 11, Moses doesn't just say, would that God placed his Spirit upon everyone. He says, would that everyone prophesy was a prophet and God placed his Spirit 
upon them. You know, there's a, a way in which the three roles of prophet, priest, and king are fulfilled in Jesus Christ, and there's a way that they're continued to be fulfilled through his body of saints. And what I mean by that is this, we are all prophets, priests, and kings in the spirit. We're royalty. Why? Because we're co-heirs with Christ. We're priests. Why? Because we have direct access to God. And we're prophets. Why? Because we're filled up with the spirit in order to speak God's truth to his people. Now, we're not prophets in the sense that we can foretell the future or write scripture, but we are at the same time empowered by the spirit to speak the truth. You know, this is a lot of what Paul is emphasizing in his first letter to the Corinthians when he talks about the distinction between prophecy and tongues. And his conclusion is that prophecy is better. And the reason isn't because prophecy tells the future, it's because prophecy is intelligible while tongues are unintelligible. And, and he says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 24, if all are prophesying and some unbeliever or outsider comes in, he is convicted by all and is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart will be revealed, and as a result, he will fall face down and worship God, proclaiming God is really among you. What then, brothers and sisters, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, another tongue, or an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. So Paul says that when you come together, everybody should be prophesying. Now, I want you to understand the whole flow of the passage means speaking intelligibly. So this doesn't mean everybody shouting and talking over each other at once and saying we're prophesying. This means that you turn to the people who are around you on a Sunday morning and you speak intelligibly to them. You have intelligent conversations. You consider one another how to stir each other up to love and good works. Do you understand that the fulfillment of our command to assemble is a supernatural effort? And what I mean by that is this, how can I consider my brother or my sister, how am I gonna stir them up to love and good works? How am I gonna inspire somebody to love and good works just by what I say? I need the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what you're doing when you prophesy in the context of 1 Corinthians 14. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, prophecy is defined in verse three. And it says this, the person who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, or consolation. When we speak to each other for encouragement, for strengthening, and for consolation, according to 1 Corinthians 14, we are prophesying. You know, this is what Moses longed to see. He longed to see the covenant community sealed by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, to build each other up. Well, why is this so important? Why is it important that every single one of us has this gift, has this ability to speak the truth to each other by the Holy Spirit in love so we'll be stirred up. The reason is because one person can't do it on their own. It's because God never designed the church to be personality driven. He didn't design the old covenant community to be personality driven. He's always designed his people to need his people. And he helps us fulfill that call by the spirit he gives us. This is, this is why it says in Galatians chapter six, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We have a responsibility to be there for each other. And if we do that, what does he say? We're fulfilling the law of Christ. What's that? Love as I have loved. This is what Jesus has called us to. Are you loving as Jesus has loved? 
If, it's, if you are his follower, you will. And what that means is that your heart, your passion, your desire is to bear the burdens of other people. Paul goes on in Galatians 6, he says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Paul is saying you need to recognize your own limitations, and you also need to recognize your own responsibility. So not only are we to bear each other's burdens, but we're to bear our own load. What does that mean? It means I never have the right to blame my brother or sister in Christ for my own struggles. I'm responsible for them. But at the same time, I have the privilege of coming along brothers and sisters in the faith and giving them what they need, helping them along. Why? Because the Spirit is indwelling me. And if you're a believer today and you've confessed Jesus as Lord, he's indwelling you as well, which means you're equipped to do the work that he's calling you to do. Thank you so much for listening to me today. God bless.